0: Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show.
1: Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this week, we got a brand new episode. It's been a couple weeks since me and Jay have actually sat down and got to do
0: a new episode uh, for everybody. But we're back in the studio and we have a new episode. We're going to find out what we've been watching in the past couple of weeks since we've been off. And then, of course we are going to get into this week's news as well as our top five movie speeches but let's catch up with jay and find out what he's been up to
1: oh man are you kidding me this has been just a nice relaxing time off spending time outside finally just getting some exercise and having fun that's about it that's all i've been trying to get into it's same old shit man work tv movies (laughs) And hopefully going outside to play some golf or, or run or cycle or something like that. That's, that's my life right now. That's it. That's Now, it.
0: I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch a whole lot of stuff. So I've, been, I've been busy just doing some other stuff, uh, but I do have some things to talk about in our What Are You Watching? But I want to know about this picture that you sent me where you had a busted up face and you were like, well, that was a fun run. I asked you what, what, what happened and you were like, oh, that's a story for another time
1: oh it's so uneventful (laughs) it's
0: the other time right now what the fuck happened to your face
1: it's it was just me at the park um i ran like four miles and every mile i did 25 push-ups and i think it's a mixture of the movement of going up and down like that and the heat and my allergies (laughs) <laughs> That's all it was I didn't even notice I was bleeding until the very end And I was like what the fuck is on my shirt And I just thought I, I thought the blood on my face was just sweat You know I could feel moisture But like you know it was a hot day It was like our first real hot day And it was like 80 degrees And I'm just you know loving it So but, like what
0: what happened here Were you like going down for a push up And your arms were just like fuck no And then your face ate pavement Is that no, like what
1: happened No I, I think it was just a leaky faucet A leaky I, I just, faucet I, I, look, I'm serious. I think it's just, you know, the heat and my aller- – I have bad allergies in the spring. You a know, my leaky, eyes. And-
0: a leaky faucet. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> look, the the, coca- the cocaine days are gone, David. I, it's just the allergies now. <laughs>
0: That's what you say about, like, piss that, like, dribbled down your leg when you didn't shake it enough times.
1: You're like, ah, just a leaky faucet,
0: you know. This but, is why I don't like- go
1: commando. I wear underwear. <laughs>
0: All right, so – uh, confession time for covid-19 i have not worn underwear in like 3 weeks and i am now like a proponent of no longer wearing underwear my pants fit me better i Does feel it, more comfortable
1: i, know, I don't just, don't you feel like the chafing like a little bit like the rubbing like the i don't know not at all not oh, you know at what all. It is? You gotta have it's a. It's probably our new sponsor that's helping that. That's <laughs> probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, uh, the, the 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 chafing is uh, it's not a problem? Because I wear like I wear tight jeans like anyway, so like it kind of like they kind of like cup it. They kind of like hold everything mm. there stuff. Gotcha. Not to mention, I like like going into the store and it's like, look at that bulge. You guys see that bulge? No, I see that bulge. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the, no, l- the um, little the
1: little turtle shell the little turtle shell yeah no
0: i just i'm just not a, i just i don't know like i was just like why wear underwear i'm not really going anywhere like i'm going to to work I which is i mix it up
1: a- when i feel a little ballsy. like yeah. if i'm like you know what let me throw on some basketball shorts and go to the grocery store <laughs> let me get a little adventurous every day is a
0: ballsy day for me because i'm no longer wearing underwear i'm just I, i'm i'm tired of it it's uh, it's restricting now you know not to mention i have medical reasons to not wear underwear anymore so it's like mm. yo there we go oh true I'm true, not, true. not just I'm just gonna be free it now I did mention that to uh, to our friend uh, Sean from what does it matter podcast when I was over there and he's like no dude don't do that he's like he's like that is terrible for you and I was like really he's like yeah he's like "Gravity's gonna take hold like so much sooner on you he's like and then one day you're gonna sit down and you're gonna sit on your old man balls and you're gonna pop one of them because it only takes like eight pounds of pressure per square inch to pop a testicle and I was like I'm not there yet I'm not, <laughs> not at that point it's not it's not a, it's not a worry for me that i'm gonna sit down and pop a testicle so i'm just gonna uh, i'm gonna continue doing it i like the way it feels you know just like uh just like we we told you you to take the seat off your bike because you know it'll it'll feel better for you, <laughs> when, you when
1: you ride embrace it embrace <laughs> it, it. <laughs>
0: all right man that's enough catching up with you and i let's get into
1: what are you watching
2: what
0: are you watching what are we watching he's trying to watch some illegal channel uh, Always watching no, no no go past this past this part Never play this again. All right, man, what'd you get down to watching this week?
1: Well, you know, I watched a lot of things. I mean, we had some time off, and I watched a couple movies, some older movies. I you know, re-binged the Before series. But I just want to ramble through some TV shows that I watched and actually finished. Um, For the majority of them all. And a couple documentaries that I called as well. So other movies, I'll get to some other show. And uh, let me just burn through the documentaries first. So I saw Studio 54. It's a Netflix documentary always fascinated with that that scene that club it's infamous the parties the
0: as we just said the cocaine days are behind you
1: yeah i was always <laughs> fascinated with it so this is a really cool little documentary a little be- you know behind the scenes of it all a uh, couple better looks of inside the actual club and what was going on so it's pretty bonkers isn't it and it was a pretty cool little little documentary, uh, in I've,
0: I've never, so I've never yeah. seen, we're, we're going to get to that, that in in a second. That little movie? I never, I never saw the Mike Myers, you know, movie, yeah, Studio 54. It's, How it's was okay.
1: that? It's okay. It's okay. It's glossy. It's fun. Right. Um, you know, it, it does, it's semi-accurate. It's semi-accurate. All I right. mean, it's, you know, for so, a movie, it's not that bad. So let's,
0: let's get into what you just said in cause I'm gonna have to
1: correct you, as Icarus. I always do. Do you I- even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Icarus. It is Icarus, isn't it, it? Icarus oh. is
0: about is it, it's about the steroid trade. Uh yeah, it, the you steroid are right. use of, of Olympic athletes, Russian mm-hmm. Olympic athletes. And the filmmaker actually smuggles out the guy who was responsible for the testing of the Olympic athletes, and Mm -hmm. he has all of the information on, like, the doping scandal that went on in the Olympics with the Russian athletes uh, over the past, like, decade, and we find out that it's been pretty much their... Their, their entire like there's an entire division of people who are literally hired in that country to work to hide the fact yes. that all of the all of the Russian athletes in the Olympics have been doping yes. since like the 1960s.
1: Yes, yes, and he <laughs> this this turned out to being. Way better than I ever expected it to be. Well,
0: not even the filmmaker expected it to be what it was. He was exactly he he was exactly. just trying to tell a story. He had no clue he was going to find this inside man who was like, you know what, I'm fucking ready to blow the lid off this stuff, but you got to get me out of the country because well, the remnants of the KGB are trying to kill me.
1: And well, he like, stumbled in. He stumbled into it was just the right time situation almost. You know, like he he wanted you know he was a cyclist it was a it's a big part of the cycling world he, he you know he was um it's a it's a big part of it so he wanted to see if he can get away with it he you know he's a well to do guy he he has right. money he doesn't you know really have a job it seems like
0: and he came up with the idea for the documentary right after um right after Lance Armstrong's exactly big scandal he's like how widespread right. is this like what right. are we dealing with so he with? wanted
1: to see if he as an honorable guy um, just going through his own channels of a, already a, a very, you know, prideful, accomplished cyclist himself to see if he can actually work the angles to, to dope and get away with it, but also see at the same time if it does enhance his ability. So as that goes on and as he, I don't want to spoil it per se, but as things go on and he progresses with this guy who helps him, very eager, very jovious kind of Russian uh, scientist who has a, a plentiful history of helping other athletes dope and cover it up. And they become friends. They become friends. And then it opens up into the actual, I mean, if people actually remember, you know, it was only like five, ten years ago. The scandal of Russia getting disqualified for all of their medals because of their... It was 4 years you know, ago. It was 2016. They're, right, they're they're being proven Guilty mm-hmm. of doping, the majority and of their athletes. This, so
0: this was no small documentary. I mean, this was uh, nominated. This, for this a, turned out. This, this was turned, nominated for an Academy Award for, it was for best documentary film. So I'm, I'm surprised that you haven't at least heard the term Icarus before.
1: I mean, it, <laughs> I oh, honestly like. I'm you know, but you know how documentaries are. They always fly under the radar. If you're not in that world. <laughs> You know, I you have. I I only hear about like the bubbled ones, like that. Like really, just start oh. to pop up in a notoriety and popularity. I saw this.
0: I saw this years ago because uh, our our friends over at Netflix and Swill Podcast. This is a oh, Netflix yeah. documentary. They discussed it on there. It, it it is a fantastic documentary. But I mean, just in school, you've never heard of of Icarus. You know, uh, nah. Icarus flew too close to the sun with wings made of wax. No. Nah. It's, nah. probably, it's probably a story you should read for a man such as yourself. There are times where you fly a little too close to the sun and get yourself burned, Jay, come crashing to the ground. Uh, so Interesting. Interesting.
1: <laughs> It's, I it's hope a, that doesn't happen to me ever again.
0: <laughs> Som, someday, it will. well, well, so, m- maybe some people can go listen to our Patreon episode of your dating stories through COVID nineteen and see just how close to the sun Jay is getting with his yes, wings of wax. And that's what I
1: was referring <laughs> to exactly—that the fear, man, the fear, and the boredom. Porn star it's, Jay, it's
0: porn star Jay. Oh <laughs> God! The, uh, all right, man. So other than other than Icarus, uh, uh, what else did yeah, you get down
1: to? Trump. An American Dream. So he has a documentary out there on Netflix as well. And my buddy Matt told me about it while we were running. And I was like, really? I cannot believe I didn't hear about a Trump documentary out there. And I'm sure it's not, obviously not approved or anything like that. But it is a pretty straightforward documentary. You know, it's just essentially kind of like a cliff note overall point of view of his life, essentially, as you know, up until now up until his election and well, a you know man some people a, who came sure. from humble and,
0: beginnings and, of his and, and, wealthy slum lord father who exactly. uh, you know you know but he inherited I, a lot I, of what but, he
1: has but again all i knew were the cluff, cliff notes of his life and like a little bit of this and a little bit of that i just wanted to kind of Get freshened up a little bit more about where he exactly started and how he really came to power and what happened to all those casinos and and get a feel for his personality from back then to now and and it's It really is intriguing and it's fucking scary and it does not help. His spotlight. I would well, say. let's well in let's in my be mind. fair. In all my
0: documentaries, mind. as we as we discussed before, are always told from a certain political point of view,
1: and uh, you can use the information that you get to paint whatever picture you want. Now, see, that's the thing. I think this did a pretty good job of staying pretty neutral. You know, the people the, that knew him that were on the documentary were either working for him or friends, you know, some naysayers, some, you know, friends. It, 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 but the fact is, a lot of it was just matter of fact. It was just facts. It was mostly just facts and some cuts of him talking and that maybe shifted a little bit of the narrative. But still, it's his personality. It's just the way but there, he is. There,
0: there are always other facts, too. So, I mean, perhaps, I. Perhaps. I me and you, we don't get very political on the show. No, so and I don't want to get I, into I, it. Yeah, you know. I, I'm just saying, like you know, with any documentary, you always have to take it with a grain of salt because there always is that there always is that opposite opinion with uh, with sure. the d- the different facts to spin it and and be skewed. Of course, in a and that's why way. there's
1: always multiple documentaries on a certain subject. A lot of times, you know, different kind of viewpoints on a certain subject, and I and I understand it. And that's probably why I didn't hear about this documentary, uh, maybe because it wasn't 100 percent approved, but. And it also—it's all good. It's may all good. not be
0: that good, <laughs> like as far That's what as I'm saying. Like, it's
1: documentary it, films. Go. Th- it just didn't wow me. It didn't overly educate me any more than what I kind of already knew. But and there were some other things, you know, as far as behind the scenes about his businesses and stuff like that. But um, that was kind of intriguing. But you know, it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't anything special, put it that way. So let me just ramble on some. Shows that I finished that I thought were worth watching. And if you're a heavy hitter in the Jay's Indie Corner film type fan, you know, maybe Hulu's normal people will be up your alley. I thought it was a well respected show that they, and I appreciate what they were trying to do. I didn't love it because I didn't love the characters but I did appreciate the balls that they had with this show and having a different take of a love story, kind of like a Harry met Sally, but a very dry British sense <laughs> or no, no, I'm sorry, not British, uh, Irish sense ability, uh, to it Westworld season finale. I thought it was very disappointing. I didn't care for this fucking season at all. Really disappointing. i surprised they actually revamped for another season uh, I believe it was season four, so that's disappointing for me. I think they just need to let this thing go. I'm not. I've
0: been saying for a while, I think HBO is clamoring for for things. I think occasionally they have a good a good HBO original movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they, they have Watchmen, which I thought was was pretty stellar um, for its first I season. I still should
1: watch that then. I, I, I didn't think it was that good, um, so I never gave it a try you know the trailer didn't wow me i don't think too many critics wowed me i know you came around to it i I came
0: around to it yep i i was not crazy about the first episode because it took me a little while to get my bearings into the world and stuff like that and kind of like understand the type of story that they're telling but once once like uh episode two was wrapping up into episode three i was i was on board with it so uh i mean i i I don't want to say like i recommend it to anybody because i think it does come with like a little bit of like an acquired taste Mm -hmm. but um i you know i i'm a massive fan of like the Watchmen comic and the the dc comics you know doomsday clock and and you know before Watchmen all that stuff so i'm well versed in 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 what they're trying to tell but this again it's a sequel to the comic book not a sequel to the movie and it's kind of telling its own story so like you can't really go into it expecting uh you know a lot of there's little easter eggs and references if you really want to like look into them and and you really want to get into it but on the surface uh there's there's still a lot there to enjoy so uh i mean that's as far as like hbo shows go i'm like uh, okay i mean that that's really like all i'm watching right now now there's plenty of them that get that, that get plenty of good reviews that i haven't checked
1: out yet well i but, just started one yeah
0: okay Yeah. Right. well then get into it What what's what's this one you just
1: started Derek C. and Francis, I Know This Much Is True, starring Mark Ruffalo playing Twin Brothers.
0: Oh yeah, I heard I see this is one of those ones that like I just heard about where I was like just I, came I, out. I saw yeah. trailers for it and stuff and I was like, I do want to check this out.
1: I think I think you should. I think you should. It's only two episodes in so far. It's a miniseries. I think there's only six episodes mm-hmm. per se. Um and it's very solid. It's very Derek C and Francis-y kind of style and, and and I think it's bold. It's interesting storytelling, and Mark Ruffalo is killing it. So, yeah, I think it's definitely worth a watch. You know, it's heavy. It's heavy, though. I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you that. Um, I'll, I'll say that. But on a lighter note, comedy-wise, Ryan Murphy's Hollywood on Netflix was a surprising delight. See, I tried to watch I, that, and I,
0: I didn't like it. I was like, yeah, I I'm done.
1: was not into that trailer at all. No. And I really was just, you know, I think I was coming off of something that was a little bit more down. And I just wanted a little pick me up show. I was like, all right, let me let me see what this thing is all about. And I watched an episode. I was like, all right, let me put on number number two. And then I was hooked. by By the middle of episode two, I was like, all right, I'm definitely on board with this. And it see me and Lauren watched the first. Me and Lauren
0: watched the first episode, and then she was like, you want to start the second one? I was like, ah, pass, no, thank you. I didn't need. I I didn't need anymore. I was
1: in. I really I thought they they executed extremely well. And they did a great job with the show. I thought it was really good. And then uh, finally, Hula, Hulu's The Great. This also just dropped recently. And it stars Nicholas Holt and L. Fanning. And this is, us, awesome. you know, obviously kind of inspired by Catherine the Great and 18th century life in Russia and that kind of decadent lifestyle. And, you know, it's... I'm
0: already you, bored. You know what? It,
1: <laughs> I'm oh, already dude, bored. This is by far one of those... This is the current must-watch show, I think, right now on TV. It is so well done, so fun, so well acted. Nicholas Holt is a revelation. My God, his comedic timing is phenomenal. And it, you know, it, what's that fucking Victorian movie that just came out with Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone? The favorite, the favorite. The favorite. So this yeah. this was um also written by the favorite, the guy who did the favorite, the book favorite. So this is the favorite. This is what the favorite wanted to be. I'll say that. Because I didn't love the favorite. I respected what they were trying to do, and there were some things about it that I liked, but overall I thought it was a little too out there. And this movie kill. I mean this this the series just kills it. I mean it's 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 brutal and ruthless when it needs to be, but it's also absolutely funny and hilarious and original.
0: You said Russia. You said Russia. So I'm like, oh, all right. Yes. So this is about like this is about like the czars and stuff like that. But it's not. It's the Prussian Empire. So it's it's Prussian royalty, not Russian. P R U. So
1: it's Prussian. Uh, 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 but I never you, heard of Prussian.
0: i mean you live right by the king of prussia Mall, so i've I've
1: (laughs) okay true true
0: that that name came from somewhere uh but uh it might be something that that i would check out only because i like nicholas holt i I could care less about al fanning in any way shape or form but uh if you give it a recommend i might i might give it a shot i
1: i think uh, i i definitely really really recommend trying to you know everybody should just watch at least the first episode it's on hulu you know it, it's it's really good <laughs> all right fair it's enough. a lot of it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun
0: so uh i watched a couple movies uh over over the weekend and uh the first one that i watched was called mom and dad and this stars selma blair and nicholas cage and they are raising two children they're both they're both parents oh in their middle age this. and they isn't this are- really fucked up yeah, it's really fucked up. Uh, so so they're the two middle-aged parents, and they're, they're raising a teenage daughter and a younger son. And a pandemic breaks out where something is going on that is causing parents to want to murder their children, just their children. It's not like anyone over a certain age is going on a murderous rampage. There is some sort of virus or bacteria or some sort of contagion that is causing parents to ignore their parental instincts and reverse it and want to kill their children. Ultimately, I like the premise and I like Nicolas Cage here. I like his overacting.
2: How to get burned. How to get burned? I, How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know.
0: I mean, and I think like when I watch Nicholas Cage in certain things, I'm just like, he knows exactly what he's in, and right. he's playing it a certain way that is completely over the top for comedic value because it lends to to that, and that in this case, it, it works. It, his over the topness works, uh, but I do think that like this film for for based on its description i was expecting something that was probably far more horrific and you know me i love my blood and gore i thought they shied away from it a lot in this movie I like it's it's gotten r rating and stuff like that, but I think they definitely could have gone harder into that r and and gotten into some truly you know grotesque things that people were doing to their kids, but I guess because it's parents killing children, they didn't want to go too in depth with the blood and gore uh but you know it really at its heart it 's about parents and losing that part of themselves when they become parents like that that losing part of their uh, identity that that part of themselves that they thought made them who they were a lot of that stuff they have to give up to when they become parents, and it's it's really at its heart about that, and like the kids have flashbacks throughout it, and recollections of times when their parents were really sweet to them, and 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 they were they were wonderful parents to times when their parents you know flipped shit on them and showed their darker side. Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being told you pissed blood? <clears throat> it, it, I understand what the film was trying to do. It's just when when you market it to me as a horror movie, I. Kind of expected a little bit more of the horror aspect of it to shine through, and and it, and it really doesn't. And then I got to say, the ending is just abrupt, like absolutely abrupt, where it's just like, "Here's here's what it is, it's over, done." Hope you enjoyed your ride. And I was like, "Wow, no, I mean, I did," and I do believe in that the journey is 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 the ultimate story, not the destination. But there was no destination. You literally were just like, "We're done." later credits Hmm. it's only 86 minutes uh i do think you know because it's streaming on hulu it's worth uh anyone's time to to sit down and, and and give it a watch um it's not anything you know it's not the great like the jay was talking about it's not anything that's that's a revelation or anything like that but it's a good way to waste 86 minutes Okay. uh so like a late uh,
1: night crack a beer open you it's know exactly just when me and, lauren it. Watched it. Yeah. me and
0: lauren watched it late night we had just put logan to bed um i think we watched a couple episodes of working moms and that season uh season four of that ended so we were like all right well what are we going to watch and I, I found that on hulu and i was like all right let's watch this i've heard some some things about it, so uh, that that's what we wound up picking up and, and watching and you know and like I said, not a bad way to to waste eighty six minutes um, and then I just recently watched another movie on Netflix this time uh, over this weekend i don 't feel at home in this world anymore uh, so This is a movie that was, again, it's a short one, about 90 minutes. It was written and directed by Macon Blair. And it stars Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood. And it's just kind of about this woman who her her house gets invaded at some point by by people. They steal a bunch of shit from her. Um, But also, like throughout her life, she's just kind of noticing how people are just assholes and all she wants is for people to not be assholes and then when her home gets robbed it's a straw that breaks the camel's back she teams up with her weird kooky neighbor played by elijah wood and they kind of become vigilantes they investigate her own home robbery and attempt to bring those people to justice and it takes them on this this strange tale of vengeance and ultimately leads them down a path of violence that they may not have been prepared for uh, i I think it's an interesting movie. It is definitely a fun watch. You will have fun with the main characters. Uh, however, the way that the story is kind of like weaved together, the way that, that it's portrayed, the way that, it, that it's given to you, it's not anything it's not what it could be at least like when i was watching it like the premise of it is set up like a coen brothers movie you know like it's almost set up like fargo where kind of like this almost like innocuous investigation leads to to some 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 crazy conclusions it's more of it's it's more taught than that um without any of without any I don't want to say joy or love, but, but kind of like in that way where like it, by the time it was over, I was like, all right, that was okay. I still feel like they could have done a whole lot more with these characters. They could have, they they could have really pushed the envelope with it a little bit. But in the end, it wound up being pretty reserved. And I I kind of expected more from it, especially mm-hmm. with like a lot of the accolades that like I I heard about it. Like a lot of people really enjoyed this movie and thought that it's one of Elijah Wood's best performances. And it might be, but I think overall the the movie's just it's not good enough for for me to sit there and be like, yeah. You know what? That's that is one of his best performances because uh, I don't think there was a whole lot there for him to do. Um, but yeah, I, I I ultimately did like it, but I'm not going to give it a review. But it's really one of those things where it's like if you're if you're in the mood for something that's a little bit a little bit more offbeat, then. Go nuts! It's again. It's only ninety minutes, and then the uh, final movie that I watched was The Art of Self Defense. Oh yeah! And this was one that, like, it, it, it's not like it's critically praised, but you know, I heard a lot of people. It has really, its love out
1: there. You yeah, know, it's got a yeah. very nichey kind of culty love.
0: It does, and it stars it stars Jesse Eisenberg, and he plays the the this type of nerdy guy who works at the office. He's socially awkward, definitely on the spectrum, and you know he's just looking for a way to fit in. And he joins a karate gym, and uh, after he's mugged again, you know, uh, sort sort of like this modern society revenge tale, and, and he's mugged. He joins a karate gym and stuff like that, and he begins to kind of embolden himself through through the art of self defense.
3: you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while i'm wearing these bad boys
0: but he winds up getting dragged into a criminal organization um it it is weird it is kooky but mainly because his his character is weird and kooky it's not quite offbeat enough to be memorable it's definitely offbeat you know but like when you and i were talking about it before you were like yeah i heard this is kind of like a dark comedy kind of like the dark comedy version of like napoleon dynamite and i was like no not that weird Not Hmm. that awkward, but definitely weird and awkward, but not like to that degree, to any type of sense where it's like this is lovable, like they are lovable, like he's a lovable character and stuff. Also, uh, I'm going to warn people now because I feel like this is something I need to warn people about because I didn't warn my wife about it because I didn't know it was coming. Animals are harmed in this movie. Uh, so <laughs> i don't want to say Ooh. how uh and i always like i don't know what it is it always sours me man i grew up in the age of independence day you know where 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 boomer survives the explosion in the tunnel <laughs> i want my dogs to i want my dogs to be to be safe and happy <laughs> i don't like when dogs get hurt in movies it really bothers me i don't know what it is that's not anything that would like reduce a score of a movie but it uh it hurts my heart very much and it makes me want to cry but uh Uh, Art of Self Defense. It's another one where it's like it's weird. It's it's got its fans out there. Is it worth your time? It's quarantine time, baby. We ain't. No one got nothing else to do. Again, it's about ninety minutes. Pop it on. It's streaming on Hulu. Why not? But like again, like if I were to grade like all these movies, all of them C plus B minus range. Like all the ones I'm talking about. Like that's that's where these exist. All these these three movies that I just discussed. And uh,
1: and every but every so often though, even those kind of movies they. They hit a certain chord where you might just love throwing that on for a quick watch, you know. But, uh,
0: but none of these ones, I'm interested in ever going back to. Okay, I'll never okay. watch any of these again. I'm never gonna go. I'm never gonna get the 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 inkling to be like, you know, what? I really want to pop that on again. It's it's just not going to happen. That's why I mean, like, none of them are like, none of them have a character that's like that lovable or have like any memorable moments where I was like, that was just awesome. And then finally, uh, what I got down to watching the final thing that I watch is again, Jay. I binged an entire television series in several days, but this is an old one and it's in the animation realm. Uh, what just came streaming to Netflix was the Avatar: The Last Airbender cartoon series that was on Nickelodeon back in the uh-huh. early 2000s. I think it started in 2003. And I absolutely loved that show when I was young. Uh, when I say young, I don't mean a child. I wasn't a child. I was a freshman in college like when this show was on. So <laughs> I think it was 2005 is when it premiered. Uh, now I'm looking at it. So I was a freshman in college when this show premiered, and I was watching it. And I enjoyed it. I love this show. It's about you know the, the young airbender Aang who was frozen in ice, woken up by two, by two water tribe people, uh, Katara and her brother Sokka, and they find out that he is the long-lost Avatar, from 100 years ago and they help him fulfill his destiny of learning to bend all four elements bending water bending air bending fire and bending earth and he goes on this adventure and ultimately has to end a hundred year war by taking on the fire lord uh who plans on world domination but it's not really about while that is the end game it is really about a, a coming of age story about this kid and growing up and the friends that he makes and the legacy that he leaves behind. And I absolutely love it. It's 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 funny. It's got a ton of heart and it it, it grabs my attention and I haven't seen it in over over a decade and a half. So I was like, you know what? I'm popping it on, man. It's been been 15 years. Let's take a ride back, and I I I'm so happy that I did. I enjoyed every minute that I was rewatching this series, and uh, if you've never seen it, it's now on Netflix for you. Like I talked about, My Hero Academia a couple weeks ago, um, and like uh, you know, we were just talking about Clone Wars and and other Star Wars animation in the weeks uh, in, in the past two weeks. This is something that I think is. In that vein, again, like Dave Filoni, the guy who did the Clone Wars and is now an executive producer and writer and director on The Mandalorian he was a director on this show uh, and he was mm-hmm. one of the creative forces behind it so it's got a pedigree and I think it's definitely worth your time after you finish the Clone Wars if you're still one of those people catching up on that or or you know Rebels and that stuff over at Star Wars and you haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender don't judge it by by the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie I know he only made that movie because his kids loved this series so much that movie was garbage go back and watch watch this whole series it's only three series seasons and each season's 20 episodes long and they are 30 minute episodes uh but there is a a lot to fall in love with here you know you'll have a favorite character by the end you'll have something that 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 you grab onto that you're like i really enjoyed that this this show actually brought me to tears at, at two separate moments so um that's that's a lot for a cartoon you know to like bring you to tears <laughs>
1: so i can't imagine
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just have to watch it to get it jay and I, I i think you would actually like it like you know when we talked about game of thrones we talked about like what's west of westeros and i like th- the type of magic and the type of creatures and the type of things that exist in this world in my mind i'd like to think Maybe Avatar the Last Airbender. Maybe that's what's west of Westeros. Cause it kind of feels a little Game of Thronesy. You know, there's different different kingdoms, different different lands, different creatures, different mm-hmm. magics, all this different stuff that's going on. And it all interweaves together and tells tells a story. I, I really enjoy it. So, man, that's it. That that's what me and you got down to watching this week. We got some news that we gotta get through. So let's head over and let's get into some news. news. All right, man, so uh, we got some news, but you shared with me some other news uh, recently about Lord and Miller. So why don't you share some of that with people? Well,
1: I mean, you know, they're teaming up with my boy, Ryan Gosling, for a big space, one-man space epic. To save mankind. <laughs> uh yeah, it's based on a book. I think it's I think the working title right now is Project Hail Mary.
0: Right. And if you go on IMDb, it just says untitled Astronaut Project.
1: Yeah, it's based on a book. That has not released yet, but will be out soon. And it's the same author from The Martian. I, I'm, I'm expecting that it's good. <laughs> Obviously, since they have all these people sign up for this story. Andy Weir
0: is, is the writer's name uh, sure. of, of the book. But now, this is not a book like The Martian where it was released. The New York Times bestseller, big 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 fan following and stuff like that of the novel it's not like that at all this is actually a novel that is yet to be released so
1: yeah I, I guess they're anticipating it to being some kind of big bestseller type uh you know type book and all of a so you know get developed and and get filmed probably in the next two to three years i don't know i mean i don't know what to take i don't i, I mean it's an interesting what it is is it's not it's not news. i mean
0: it's not news because it's pretty much just like, well, they, they plan on making a movie. Though. It stars this person. There is no other information on this whatsoever. It's just you're literally selling this on the names alone.
1: And right. that's it. But it, intri- it gets you kind of intrigued as far as the tone. For well, me, al- They, for they me, also got to remind about people that
0: movies movies are still in production, that the movie industry is healthy quote-unquote still healthy and and uh we're still green lighting stuff for you to get excited about so get get excited because we're doing this thing that you know nothing
1: about and it's like okay well, so, I mean you know this is all temporary, you know, so I mean, you know this last two, three months have been you know agonizing and feels like an eternity, but it's really not <laughs> um you know it's gonna be a weird year, it's gonna be a transition year in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two will be completely back to normal. that's my mindset going into everything, so um, yeah, I mean, why not keep you know plugging along and I think you know my mind the way it's going i'm i'm leaning more towards like that kind of moon style you know comedic vibes like a little bit of that dramedy type stuff where it's a bit of a drama but it's got some comedic elements mixed into it uh one person alone uh but lord and miller you know it's that's that's interesting i mean they they are very you know they haven't done too much but they are very hit or miss and they got some beloved projects under their belt
0: next news story all right, Jay, Scream is getting a reboot, reimagining, remake, whatever you want to call it. They are gonna be coming out with another Scream movie. They're calling it a relaunch, mm. which I guess means they are still keeping in the vein of everything that happened in Scream one through four. It's just been a couple years since there was a Scream movie. Uh they're probably probably gonna call it Scream, my well, guess.
1: Every generation needs their own Scream.
0: Or the <laughs> Scream. You know, maybe they'll just put a the in front of it. The Scream. <laughs>
1: But anyway, uh, this is going
0: to be directed by the directors uh, behind 2019's Ready or Not, which is a film that I you know really enjoyed. I loved Me the too. I, I loved the meta of it. I loved the I loved the humor in it, uh, and I also loved the blood, the gore, and you know it, it was just a, a ton of fun. Is ultimately what it comes down to be a fun horror movie, and I do enjoy those. Uh, so it's going to be directed by Matt bettinelli open and tyler gillett uh so i mean i look forward to it uh, reportedly david arquette will be back playing sheriff dewey riley mm-hmm. does the force require you to work out no man
2: because of my boyish good looks muscle mass has increased my acceptance as a sears police officer <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know take that for what it's worth if you were excited for more dewey obviously there's no word on whether sydney will be in it or not uh or whether Courtney Cox will come back with really bad bangs like she had in the third movie, but
1: <laughs> I'm sure they're in talks and I hope they do come back. That'd be fun.
0: I hope they don't. I hope they don't. Cause if you're going to tell me it's a relaunch, I don't want to say, give me something new, but you know, give me something different than what I've gotten before. And I think if you just populate it with all, returning people then you're just giving me scream five and really well, really the- what you're telling me is the relaunch and i'm looking for something a little bit different from the scream World. okay kind of like what they did with with halloween where it's like we got the baddie we got the we got the final girl we got them back but everything else is new you know all it's all new characters and stuff like mm-hmm. that uh with the exception of those two so if you give me david arquette and you give me you know the ghost face then okay we're there. I I'm cool with it. You know, that's that's all I need to tie me to the original ones and tell me a whole new story. Give me something different Fair enough. in yeah. this meta horror realm that Scream loves to live in. So
2: next news story. <laughs>
1: So Scarface is coming to screens again, and I know this has been around for a while with Anton Fuqua. I think was the biggest so uh, many so director many times. recently that was attached to this project. Project wasn't uh, wasn't
0: there a prequel like not too long ago yeah, too like ten yeah. years ago? Yeah, and lots like, of things, lots of things. I don't need all right, so confession time. I do not like Scarface. I am not a fan of it, and I'm I, not
1: particularly either. I like parts of it. You know, some things about it, but I don't, as a film as a whole, no, 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 not really. I
0: know that comes from a place, like when I watch it, I was like, there is some brilliant filmmaking in there, but I know it comes from a place where it has become a a anthem and it winds up meaning so many things to to so many people and it's like you know when when, when i see like a guy who's who, who's who's dressing like a gangster and stuff he's got a scarface poster and he's like tony montana man that guy did it and it's like you completely ignored the lesson of scarface because it was not that crime pays it's literally that crime doesn't pay right and that you will get your comeuppance one way or another lead you down a path and uh,
1: i i do think that that's one of the more interesting things about it you know because it's going on to
0: mean something different to to different people like i watch that and i'm like man i am never touching cocaine michelle (laughs) michelle pfeiffer or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or uh or exactly. miami ever in my life like those are those are hard rules from watching scarface i'm never going to touch cocaine i'm never touching michelle pfeiffer i'm never going to miami
1: exactly right. and some people think it was the coolest thing in the world and they took right. it the other way like this is a guy from nothing that brought himself up to to be somebody and it is that the motherfuckers went after him and he you know
0: but at the same time
1: he defended himself and that's that
0: i watched the godfather and i'm like brilliant you know the American yeah. Dream being being literally put on three hours of film for me, and I fucking love it. And and you could argue the same thing about that. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, it's 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 got oh, a, so it got a new director, a remake, new director, and
1: Foucault's is out. Luca Guadagnino, he is the filmmaker be- behind recently Suspiria. The remake of the horror classic, and also Call Me by Your Name, a bigger splash he did, and I think he did another film as well with Tilda Swinton. Uh, that was well regarded. Yeah, so, I,
0: I I find it. Fo- well, I mean, I guess it's like surprising. you could say, it's like surprising. Yeah. At the time, De Palma was like sort of like that art house type filmmaker.
1: Um, and look, for the original is. Scarface. Yeah. And,
0: and so I mean, they're they're clearly trying to to emulate that in some way. So
1: I think I recently also heard that it's going to be relocated to Los Angeles as well.
0: Yeah. So am I excited for it? No, not really, because I'm not a big fan of of call me by your name you know so or 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 the remake of Suspiria I also find it uh not odd but like interesting that this director is going to be doing his second remake now in just under two years um Mm -hmm. and I think you know if 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 I were him and I've got such good buzz behind me I would definitely make this the last remake that I'm doing for a little while and I would go out and do something original
2: next news story
0: All right, Jay, we don't know who is going to be playing Furiosa in the next Mad Max film well mad max yeah recent film. rumors of jody
1: comer from killing eve but we've heard many different names so we have
0: but one thing apparently is for sure according to george miller is that they refuse to do any type of cgi de-aging technology on charlize theron and she will not be involved in the project
1: so i'm cool with that i'm, I'm cool. fine yeah. Fine.
0: I really loved her in in Mad Max Fury Road, but let's face it. I mean, if 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 we can recast who who Max is, we can recast Furious and Look, stuff like the, the that. Money, we don't need these yeah, to tie the, together. The
1: money needs to be in the budget, not the actors in this world. This world does not need a name. It just needs good acting and good production design and stuff. You know, that Absolutely. That's, that's where the the finance needs to go into. That's it. Next news story.
0: RJ, real quick before we get into some of the bigger stuff that's going on over on the Disney plus side our boy James Cameron who is reportedly uh, apparently you know the avatar sequels are going to cost over a billion dollars to make <laughs> which is absolutely insane oh, disney's man. never going to make that money back but clearly disney's pot maybe on you know these what it avatar is i sequels. bet
1: it makes it for like avatar 2 just out of sheer curiosity maybe, maybe. i doubt but I not after that no way there's no way I, I don't
0: see these things doing uh maybe let let's say i say max max 800 million dollars i yeah. think that's 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 it max that's that, about my
1: projection yeah
0: yeah 800 million, but I don't think it's even going to do that because we're, we're talking a sequel that is 11, uh, a sequel to a movie that is currently 11 years old. By the time one of them comes out, it'll be 12 to 13 years old. And it's really not going to be anything that's into Zeitgeist or anything that anyone cares about outside of maybe the curiosity, the looky loo of going to see it. But James Cameron, while he's steeped in, in the creation of these Avatar sequels, uh, he, in an interview with Empire stated that one of his favorite movies, he calls it a quote unquote guilty pleasure, is Resident Evil, the 2002 video game adaptation.
2: going to die down
0: here which was directed by paul ws anderson went on to spawn multiple ungodly amount of sequels and he is currently uh making monster hunter another video game adaptation movie with his wife mila jovovich who has been with him with all the resident evil movies this is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, James Cameron. I can't take that title away from him, despite the fact that I think he's absolutely crazy with these Avatar sequels. I can't take the fact away from him that he still gave us Aliens, The Terminator uh one and two, and True Lies and so many other fantastic movies like The Abyss. You know, he gave us all that. So he he solidified himself as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, but this is is one of his favorite movies and i guess i mean duty from shaken not nerd (laughs) he absolutely loves this movie it's one of it made his top five list of zombie movies i remember when i was discussing that with him so i guess um this is not a movie i go back to it's not a movie i watch and i'm like i got a lot of there's a lot of fun there it's bad it's real bad next news story All right, Jay, final news story. Uh, We're going to lump all these together. Tons of casting news coming out for The Mandalorian Season 2. Tamora Morrison, uh, who played Jango Fett and all the clones throughout the prequels, oh well, well, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, will be returning for The Mandalorian Season 2. Rumors are that he is reprising his role as Boba Fett, which I don't think that's true. I think he's coming in as Captain Rex mm. who we just saw the end of his storyline from the Clone Wars when uh, the Clone Wars series finale just just aired and then we get the we, we get its continuation throughout Rebels and we know that he's around post-Rebels and he kind of feels like looking at Tamora Morrison no offense dude's like 59 years old looks fucking great for 59 Yeah, I don't think that Boba Fett would be that old at this point so and I don't think they're going to just shove Boba Fett to us in in the second season. I think it's going to be a thing that they're going to tease longer and longer. We know that we're getting Ahsoka Tano from, from Clone Wars and Rebels showing up in the Mandalorian season two. And we know that one of her good friends is Captain Rex. So it only makes sense that Captain Rex would probably be showing up with her and Tamora Morrison playing him rather than him playing Boba Fett. Uh, also, I believe there were some photos recently of Tamora Morrison sporting a white beard, which uh, Captain Rex does a white beard in the rebels series so um no, no word on who Tamora morrison is playing but it is very possible that he could be coming in as captain rex that is just as likely as him coming in and playing boba fett also in casting news for that uh Bo katan has been a confirmed character and katie sackoff of battlestar galactica fame oh yeah should be coming in to play her, which I think is fantastic casting. If you go look at pictures of Bo Katan, you think of Katie Sackhoff as a as an actress. She always plays kind of like a, a little bit of a rough, tough, gruff, badass woman type character. Uh Bo Katan definitely fits that fits that role for her. And I think it would be great. And with the way Katie Sackoff looks age-wise, and this is not a comment on on her looks really, but just age-wise, she kind of fits that that character fits that role. And I think uh, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And in other casting news for The Mandalorian, Jesus Christ, there's just so many things popping up about The Mandalorian. They got to remind you that that season two is coming and it's still on track, according to Disney, uh, them over there. It, Disney. Better be. it is still on track. It is. It will not be delayed based off the COVID-19 crisis. But apparently, they are going to add... We gotta address it. The Oliphant in the room, Timothy Oliphant, will be apparently joining Mandalorian season two as well. And uh I'm actually very excited for this because people longtime listeners of the show know that we I love, love him.
1: We love him. I love
0: him. <laughs> I love me some oliphant, man. Um and I I I just love him as an actor, but I think like looking at this world, I definitely see him playing kind of like a Han Solo type character, kind of like a yeah Can, a I, very swarmy like smuggler piratey type you know swashbuckler yeah i hope they don't
1: hide his charm like i feel like they should embrace no, which is, timothy which Oliphant. Is why
0: i don't want to see him as like a bounty hunter because you know exactly. we see bounty hunters in this world they're all very gruff um and i and i don't think that fits him i i definitely want someone who's more of like
1: a um yeah, you no, you said it, a Han Solo type. I mean, uh, he Han has Solo that personality. Type. He's got yeah. it.
0: Yeah, he's And the look, such a, the charm. Such a you know. gorgeous smile. Such a gorgeous smile.
1: It's a you devilish know? gorgeous smile. That's what it, it is. That's what's so great is. about it.
0: So that's going to do it for our news this week. Uh, me and Jay got a brief ad to drop to you guys, uh, and then we're going to jump in and do our top five movie speeches. So stay tuned. We've got a new sponsor over here on super movie bros and it is manscaped uh so me and jay uh Presumably, we're both men, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never lifted up Jay's skirt to check, but uh, presumably he is a man. But we are both men who actually uh, we care about our body's appearance and we care about the love making that we are giving. Of so body hair is a very real part of of my life, probably more so than Jay's. So we reached out to Manscaped, and they are now a sponsor for us. So they sent us their Lawnmower 3.0. It's their new shaver that. Uh, well, it has a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes, is water resistant. And Jay, I got to tell you, when they sent me that lawnmower, I used it on myself. Yeah. And this is no lie. I was so pleased with the results of... The lawnmower that I wound up doing ninety percent of my body with it.
1: I'm not kidding. I did too. And and you know this is like the third generation, so it's the lawnmower 3.0. And because of what they did to this, you know, new blade, it's like a nick-free type technology. I even <laughs> had the balls enough to actually use it on my balls, and and I didn't have any nicks, you know, and yeah. it, it was great. I actually used it on my chest, and you know, obviously different little areas around the groin area, and. It it, it all worked great.
0: You know me. I I have a body that is very much like Robin Williams. I am am Harry. So for this thing to do my entire body, uh, from, from my knees to my elbows, all the way up to my neck, and I even use it to trim my beard before... I do, I do my balls. You know, you, you do all that before, then you do your balls, then you can clean it, and, and then you can use it yes. again. <laughs> that's that's how things work. Uh, but I used it on my entire body. The entire battery lasted the entire time. It didn't take me long at all.
1: And it's quiet. Lauren wouldn't even know that you're doing that.
0: No. No, it is it's absolutely quiet and it, it's it's worth it. If you are somebody who does manscape yourself, head over to manscape.com. Use our promo code SMB shave to get 20% off as well as free shipping. There's tons of other products on there. Even if you're not into shaving your body, there is deodorant for your yeah. balls. There is a myriad of other products that you can Definitely.
1: get. Spruce yourself up, you know, keep yourself fresh down there. Keep yourself comfortable. Make it inviting for the woman or man to go down on you, <laughs> you know? That's right. Let them enjoy that experience a little bit more.
0: After, after getting my lawnmower, it is now all hardwood floors <laughs> in my house. for me and Jay to do our top five it's been a long time since me and Jay have done a top five and I was watching a movie recently where I was like damn that is a just a fucking fine speech That is just a good one minute of dialogue of one character addressing other characters and it made me feel something so that made me text Jay and say like hey man I want to do top five speeches and he's like why and I was like because Mm. I'm inspired (laughs) like in this moment i am inspired i feel something and that's what we're doing uh so we're gonna do our top five movie speeches and one of the things that like we were discussing was how many people does someone need to address for it to be a speech and i decided that there only has to be one other character present one other person yeah we're not gonna do that they're addressing multiple sure. people
1: I, and i and i certainly tried to make sure that it was you know and all right, i'll be honest like my my top two—it's a one-on-one. <laughs> both of them, both of both of those scenes are fine. one-on-one type scenes, but um, I think they're worthy enough, and 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 all of my right. other ones, especially the honorable mention ones as well, they all are in front of an audience, so it is what some, it is.
0: Some may complain that these are monologues uh, more so than speeches. Same difference, but I think. Let's face it it's it's same difference it's just a a snippet a moment where some truly great things are said and it 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 may make you feel a certain way but the important thing is that it's delivered in a way that inspires the characters in the movie great
1: acting great directing great writing great execution and better yet if it delivers a punch for the movie overall and it enhances it, that absolutely. makes it even that much better and that much more greater. So Well, let's get started
0: with yours, absolutely. Jay. What is your number five?
1: Number five. I am I'm including this for my number five because I think it is not so much inspiring, but it's inspiring in a greedy way. Not Michael Douglas's infamous Wall Street greed is good speech, but Wolf of Wall Street from Leonardo DiCaprio. The Steve Madden speech in particular. The hype up speech for him to get his employees motivated to push this stock.
2: I've been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold fucking watch.
1: And I thought that, you know, this was a little bit of a different type of speech um, to throw on the list, but I think it was so effective.
0: It narrowly missed my top five and it's in my honorable mentions. So I
1: I, I had a feeling it was going to be somewhere, whether it be on your list or honorable mentions, but I think it's really well done. And I think it fits the tone of the movie. I think Leo killed it. And I think at the timing, you know, in the location in the movie, it's just perfect and and I think it's uh you know for for a, a young new generation uh <laughs> that that uh <laughs> i just i just find this fucking so funny this whole world is just so funny to me
0: Actors that have used the most curse words throughout mm-hmm. all their movies or cuss words whatever you say um Leonardo DiCaprio is number two. Number one is Jonah Hill, who apparently curses more in The Wolf of Wall Street than Leonardo DiCaprio did. And it, it was can't it. just enough to push him to the number one actor to use the most cuss words in, in film. Number three is Samuel Jackson. So yeah. <laughs> we know that that comes from his many years with Quentin Tarantino. All right, Jay, my number five. This is a speech that I'm sure is on your list somewhere, whether it's an honorable mentions or in your top five. This is a film that I saw with my dad in the movie theaters and this is absolutely my favorite monologue speech from this character. It is from Rocky Balboa.
3: Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And you're no loser.
0: Yeah, uh, I fucking... You're a winner. I fucking love... I absolutely love this speech. I love this moment with it his is. son. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I love the way it starts. It starts in a very rocky way. Just is very like innocuous, like you you're not gonna believe this, but you used to fit in the palm of this hand. You know, like it just starts in like this, this very like down to earth way. That like this, I don't want to call him like a dumb character, but like this guy who has a very hard time articulating himself to other people, um, kind of like starts a conversation with his son. But once his emotions get up and he starts, you know, talk to his son about the way he actually feels he yeah. becomes more verbose and you can actually see well, that like, he's,
1: he's being attacked by his son you yeah. know and, and and it's just like you know he thought this was a nice little visit yeah. from his son and it turned into something else and it, it made him kind of come down on him and give him a little reality right. check and it and, yeah. and,
0: and also helps the fact that like Balboa is absolutely right in the way that he was talking to his son you know what I mean like his son was being a little bit of a whiny prick about everything and blaming everything on the shadow and losing just do that and that ain't you
1: Right. I right.
0: fucking love this this moment, and like I said, it's 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 like my favorite thing that Rocky ever said throughout like any of the movies. It's not my favorite Rocky movie, but it's like my favorite thing that like Rocky Ro- Rocky said. It's like a, a true heart moment that like when I watch it, I picture my dad giving me a very similar speech, and I and I've gotten those speeches, and uh, they they made me feel the same way that Rocky made me feel here. So it reminded me of a m- emotion that I was very familiar with. All right, Jay. What do you got for number four?
1: Any given Sunday, Al Pacino's inches speech, uh, his halftime speech, his you know his hype up speech is it's extremely motivational. Yep. It has references from life to football.
2: Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast—you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Hell,
1: you—it's yeah. a little dramatic, yeah. you know. It's—it's it's very. It's a good speech. Heavily in edited a bad and movie. directed. That's what it is. It's a—it's a good speech and a bad it's, movie. It's—it's it's not a great movie, and I—you know—it's—I want to say it's a guilty pleasure movie because there are a lot of parts of the movie that I liked a lot. Yeah, and you know. This, this speech works, man. It, it really does. And I, I think it's really effective. I think Pacino delivered it in a great way. Oh, and Football <laughs> is a game of inches. Not the inches on your dick. <laughs> we claw with our fingernails, with our fingernails for those inches. Great
0: If you can get the touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh no i loved it I, I just
1: thought it was it, you know it was one of those things where you know during during some research i saw pop up every once in a while i was like ah, i don't know i don't know and i finally just you know was watching a bunch of different videos and came up on it sure and yeah it, it i you know it hit me again and i remembered i was like holy shit this this really this really was great, and it and it and it hit me in a greater way than I thought it was going to hit me. It wasn't the typical generic uh, sports halftime type pick me up speech. Um, I had that on my list somewhere. I have another uh, Al
0: Pacino speech <laughs> that winds up. Uh, I
1: believe like it. it he just got knocked off. He has many. He yeah. has many. It yeah. just
0: got knocked off of my honorable mentions list, uh, so it's okay. not on there. But it's it's the Hoo-ah! speech uh, that he gives in scent of a woman. That's an absolutely fantastic speech as well. So he's, he's definitely had his moments. Uh, but, Jay, my number four is not from a drama. It didn't make me feel any other way than gut-busting laughter. It is Bluto's speech in Animal House.
2: Hey! What's this lying around shit? Well, what the hell is it supposed to do, you moron? War's over, man. Wormer dropped a big one. What? Over? Did you say Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when
0: the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no!
2: Sherman, forget it. He's rolling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pluto's inspirational speech to yeah you know, to to the rest of the fraternity is absolutely one of my favorite like just single moments both in that movie but like in film history like i absolutely love that speech and belushi just delivered it in such a fantastic way just the way he played the character of Pluto was awesome and uh if you've never seen animal house what the fuck are you doing with your life jay what's your number three
1: d2 the mighty ducks wow so this is this is my cliche <laughs> halftime <laughs> speech
2: and i'm gordon bombay minneapolis minnesota yeah!
1: We're Team USA,
0: gathered from all across America, and we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. And just when you think they're about to break apart, ducks, ducks fly, fly together. together. And when the wind blows hard and the sky is black, ducks, ducks fly together.
2: And when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning circles in the pasture, uh, uh, okay, uh, ducks, ducks fly
0: and when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together.
1: Now, this was my first speech that I ever came across, obviously, because this was a very old movie, yeah, young movie as a film kid. for you as a kid, yeah. I loved this franchise uh so much so much and you know this is the sequel so right.
0: i don't quite remember the speech but i do know that it ends with well, all of them wearing ducks jerseys instead of the hendrix u.s team usa jerseys
1: sure they're, they're representing uh usa and they're losing and you know they're down 3-0 and th- they think they think they're just lucky to even be there and they're just kind of content and you know the great Gordon Bombay, baby. He gives this like calming and great uplifting speech that kind of helps motivate the players as individuals and, 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 and try to get them up and that there are teammates and they're yeah. ducks, baby. They're ducks. Quack, 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 baby. And then Gordon, they come out stop and they quacking. come out wearing the ducks Jersey, which I have somewhere probably in the attic still. You absolutely do. Uh, <laughs> I do too. And, and, uh, and yeah, they go out there and they fucking win it. Also, great, it. great branding and marketing for <laughs> Disney
0: and the new hockey wow. team that they had you just purchased, me? the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So, yeah. uh, or just started, I guess you could say at the time. Yeah. So, all right, Jay, my number three is a speech by Captain Miller from Saving Private Ryan. This is the one where uh, he gives it all up, man. He wants to know what the pool is up to, what, what the pool on him is up to, and he tells everybody. Who he is, where he came from, what he does, and I fucking love this speech. I I I just Mm. love the way he's addressing all of his men, you know. And he's like, you know, he teaches history in a small school in in Pennsylvania. He's like, you Mm. know, where where I'm from, people, you know, people hear what I do and they go, all that figures, you know. And he, it's just kind of like this slice of life moment where he's very reflecting on on who he is, what he's had to do, where he is now and what he's being asked to do and if that means, you know, if 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 saving private Ryan gets him a ticket home then I'm going to mm-hmm. do it.
2: Sometimes I wonder if I've changed so much my wife is even going to recognize me whenever it is I get back to her. And how I'll ever be able to to tell her about days like today. Uh, Ryan, I don't know anything about Ryan. I don't care. Man means nothing to me, it's just a name. But if, you know, if going to Ramel and finding him so he can go home, if that earns me the right to get back to my wife, well then, then that's my mission. You wanna leave? You wanna go off and fight the war? all right all right I won't stop you I'll even put in the paperwork I just know that every man I kill the farther away from home I feel Mm -hmm.
0: I fucking love it man because his whole crew has been divided on this mission from the onset from the very beginning none of them understood why their lives were worth any ounce of of private Ryan's and now they're you know the, after his speech they're all they're all willing to to roll on to ramel and guard yeah. the bridge along with with yeah. P- private ryan then get his ass home and uh and we all know how the movie ends but i just love this moment of him addressing addressing the men and just giving up the gambit of the the shroud of it, mystery that it, that's yeah. been around
1: him. It, it it needed to be addressed it, it was it was a good timing it needed to happen yeah. and it, it was a really just before the thing. third act
0: we set up the entire sure. movie that no one yep. knows who Ro- yep. captain miller is what he's all about or anything about him personally they set it up in the very beginning of the movie and they give us uh end of second act payoff to lead us into the third act knowing the man and his determination and you know also seeing what it takes to be a good leader and why his men follow him and love him so much
1: so well my number two you're number five rocky balboa
0: Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're
3: worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers, saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life, but until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a
0: life.
1: hey yeah, all right, man. It's it's his speech it's with his son. I'm telling you, man. You know, it came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it um it's not the best movie no but it's, it's not almost that bad. like the movie it's doesn't deserve to have
0: this moment in it
1: <laughs> i i kind of agree i kind of agree but you know it, it's fucking effective and it kills me every single time it hits a punch it, it hits a punch with me you know it reminds me of you know speeches with my father i think in a lot of times in a lot of ways in different moments and 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 in our lives and I don't I just it just fucking hits me man it just it gets me I love it I think it's really well executed by Sylvester Stallone and um and Mila and and, and, and you know it's just I I love it I think it's um I wish they had a little bit more of, together, of stuff though, stuff like this, you know, for
0: Rocky. To, yeah, to, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think Creed has has its moments. Nothing as powerful as this from the character of Rocky, but it, it has its moments and it has its Rocky isms. Yeah. That, that that work for for that. Movie but at the as
1: same well. time, you know, it's coming to the point where, especially with this kind of movie and this kind of speech, it's got to hit personally more. You know, I don't care about you know, the, you know, whatever like a cliche type best speech maybe for a movie. Yeah. It's got to be a great speech and it's got to be a great monologue or whatever it might be, but it's got to hit me personally a little bit more. And it does. Right. And this is one of those speeches that does do that. So absolutely, obviously, you know, the Mighty Ducks was nostalgic for me and that was my first real thing that hit me hard and kind of stuck with me ever since. And, you know, it's very polished and uh, cliche per se. I don't care. It still hey, works. Sometimes cliche speeches one, work. You know, the mom, yeah, or not the mom, but like the, the, the daddy speech and all that stuff. Pff, come on definitely hits a punch
0: my number two yep comes from pulp fiction it is the speech uh from samuel jackson to tim roth's character uh where he kind of explains ezekiel wow. twenty-five seventeen, the path of the righteous man
4: you read the bible ringo not regularly no well there's this passage i got memorized ezekiel 25 17 The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. I've been saying that shit for years. And if you heard it, that meant your ass. I never gave much thought to what it meant. I just thought it was some cold-blooded shit to say to a motherfucker before I popped a cap in his ass. I saw some shit this morning, made me think twice. See, now I'm thinking, maybe it means you're the evil man and I'm the righteous man, and Mr. Nine Millimeter here He's the shepherd protecting my righteous ass in the valley of darkness. Nice, wow!
1: I'm I'm a little surprised.
0: I absolutely love this moment in the movie. Obviously, it's the movie coming full circle, but it's also the coming full circle for Jules's character. Uh, you know, uh, he's been it, it kind of seems like he's been at odds with himself and what he does for a living the entire movie, and here it all comes to a head where the movie began. And I absolutely love it. I think it's it's one of those perfect movie moments, and it's delivered so fucking... Poignantly by Samuel Jackson in this moment, where he kind of just explains who he is, and he's looking at a person who's starting out their life of crime in a probably a similar way as he did, and he's imparting a little bit of wisdom on them and he's going to let them have their lives and get the fuck out of there, or he's yeah. gonna kill them.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because the man you're who not, he is isn't
0: dead. But he's going to leave him behind. (laughs) But he'll bring him out if Tim Roth really wants him to. I fucking love it. Because like, the way it's delivered, you believe him, right? You believe that he is a man who's done with this shit. But that doesn't mean he's not still willing to start shit if this dude ain't willing to let shit go. (laughs) And I love it. Absolutely love this moment. All right, Jay. uh, Before we get into your number one, what honorable mentions do you have uh, for our top five movie speeches? What didn't quite make the list?
1: I have, th- I have three. I have three. I have three fun ones. So the first one is uh, Team America World Police.
3: Well, being a dick ain't so bad. See, there's three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies think everyone can get along, and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, Chuck. And all the assholes want us to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks but dicks also fuck assholes Chuck and if they didn't fuck the assholes you know what you'd get you'd get your dick and your pussy
2: all covered in shit
1: (laughs) the dicks the dicks assholes and pussies I
0: still love that I got you me and Mark me and Mark from from our movie cocktails got you to watch this movie it was a movie homework for you (laughs)
1: and you love it and you love it and I love that I, I do I do I fucking love it it's, this, i don't, know, so why. Wait, I don't the, know why is this but the it, it dicks does.
0: also fuck pussies <laughs> is this that speech yeah
1: yeah okay or, or, say, or and, is and, it but, the other but speech? also assholes no no it's it's all it's okay. all three you yeah. know and how and how you know okay good and, but it's about like you know the dicks and the, and the dicks and the pussies can't let the assholes win because they'll get shit all, all over, over them it. right yeah <laughs> You know, and I thought it was like but you know, dicks so can porny. fuck
0: both pussies and assholes. <laughs> exactly. It's good. Oh God, it's so, so it's, funny. It is a way to live. It's, if you live like a dick, you get to fuck anything you want. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you might
0: get shit on you, but you still get to fuck anything you want.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right,
0: Jay. What's exactly. uh, what other armal mentions you got?
1: Also, um <laughs> the bunny speech from swingers, you know, when his you know, Vince Vaughn is like hyping up John Favreau and he's like, Look look he's like, you know, they're looking at Heather Graham across the bar and, and you're hyping her hyping him up, trying to like Go man, and it remind me of like you. This is one of my movie homeworks. You, you got me like, to watch trying, this, so trying to like hype me up to talk to a girl or something like that. It's like look at her, look at her over there. She just wants you to go over there. Look at her. She's like a little bunny, man. You're you're just like a tiger. You got these fangs, you got these claws. <laughs> you know, just you know, just go over there and just. She wants you. She wants you to take her. And you know, and like you know, it's just trying to hype him up to get him out of this rut. To go just talk to a girl. It's a good
0: moment, and it's definitely Vince Vaughn's best of the movie. Funny.
1: Oh, it's one of his best movies, for sure. For sure. And uh, obviously, I had to bring this up. Magnolia. Tom Cruise. Respect the cock. (laughs) Team the cunt. Oh my God! You do realize every entry. single one
0: of yours is is in some way rooted in sex.
1: Well, yeah, because I, <laughs> you know, these are so much fun, and I put them on my honorable mentions for a reason. My God, these gotcha. are so good. All right, so yeah, they're not. They're, I'm not going to. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little too prideful to put them on my top five per se. But these are a lot of fun, and I, they always stuck with me, and I think they're uh, they're pretty cool.
0: My honorable mentions. There was one that I actually cut off uh, because I realized. There was no one else around. It was just him. The one I had to cut off was Bill Murray's Cinderella speech (laughs) in Caddyshack. It's more of a monologue. There's literally no one else around him. But it's Cinderella story. Came from nothing. It's in the hole. Oh, my God. Uh, like I absolutely love that moment in Caddyshack, but I realized no one else was around to hear him. So <laughs> it couldn't be on the list because uh, of our one little rule that it had to be at least one other person present. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, I had Wolf of Wall Street, which was one of yours. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the speech from Rudy, five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, you know, where the janitor gives him that speech, you know, where yeah. it's all about his heart. Uh, I absolutely love that moment. It's a great sports movie speech um but you know just not good enough to really make the rest of the, to to make it up to the top 5 uh training day king kong ain't got shit on me
1: love that speech love uh, that moment i love that movie yeah. oh my god uh there so will good.
0: be blood Training. my straw goes
1: all the way down and i drink your milkshake Drink it up. <laughs> our most, our most heard monologue clip. It's so fucking and throughout good. Throughout the history and the years it's of the so show,
0: good. It's it's on Netflix. <laughs> I'm surprised it's to your honorable mention. It's on Netflix. <laughs> you, like you, you have to watch. There will be blood. I only put it on there because it's more of a rant, not so much of an inspirational speech I, or anything. I agree. Like that. I agree. Yeah. I
1: saw that. I, I didn't really. I really didn't really think of it as as being a uh, a speech or a monologue per se. But I do. It's, it's poetic, it's yeah. something else.
0: And finally, Tony Stark. I, I, I'm just not the,
1: the hero type, clearly. With this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes i made, largely public. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah. The truth is,
0: I am Iron Man. Mmm. Ah just the way to end the movie on that is just like I am Iron Man. You know, he's Damn, that's a good one. I that I, I
1: do it's love just, that. It's just a, a
0: perfect way to end that movie.
1: And, for, and that for that character, that character
0: yeah, it was just it, it, it started the MCU and it, it got the ball rolling. When I was thinking of like, are there any speeches in the MCU? Is there anything where it's like a, you know, we got to do this, we got to take them down? uh you know maybe. Yeah, Cap. well, Cap has the one like nice speech in the beginning of like Endgame, where at the in the middle of Endgame, where like Ant Man's like, man, he is good at that, and it's like, right, I know, right? Like that's that's a good speech, but like it's played for comedic effect after it's given stuff like that, but like this. Is just one that sets the tone for the character, sets the tone for the MCU, and just gets it rolling. So I was like, "That's, that's the one. Like, that's that's the thing. Other than that, it's Tony Stark addressing Congress in a bad movie in Iron Man Two, where he's just like, you know, I successfully privatized peace. You're welcome. <laughs> that's a that's another good one. But I think this moment uh, outshines that just because of the way it ends. But Jay, we got some number mm. ones to do, man. So what's your what's your number one yep. movie speech of all time?
1: I'm actually now thinking that um, maybe we have the same one. I don't know. Uh, Good Goodwill nope. Hunting. So yeah, mine's the, sp- the the Bench, man. The Bench speech from Is Robin Williams. Is this the Williams. one where like,
0: she, she used to fart in her sleep? She used to fart so loud? Like that one.
1: No. Because uh, he gives a speech. This is the this is the poignant one. The poignant one. The the the, the not the one that like breaks down Matt Dave and the movie. But just about arms. everything
0: Ron Williams says is kind of like poignant in some way throughout this movie. No, I, I which know, is one of the reasons it like, didn't make my list. Like this is one of those movies where it's like I feel like that that's the character to watch in a movie, but like everything he says is so memorable and stuff like that. It's hard to pick like pick like one, but also like this movie's just a little bit it's a little bit too schmaltzy for me. Uh, when I went back and watched it recently. I was like, it's just too oh. schmaltz. It's good. It's interesting, good. It's just, interesting. It's too yeah. schmaltzy
4: though. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't know about sleeping sitting up in a hospital room for two months holding her hand because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much. I look at you. I don't see an intelligent, confident man. I see a cocky, scared, shitless kid.
1: I mean, I think at the time, he's, he's just confronting Matt Damon for calling him on his shit. You know, Damon previously went to his room and gutted him just because he saw a painting on his office wall and projected what he thought of Robin Williams's character and his life and this and that and gutted him, and he they met up out in a park bench, you know, and and he just kind of went at him like, look, I just came across the fact and I realized you're just a kid, you know, you might be a genius, you are a genius, and you know, you might be able to tell me everything there is about Michelangelo, but you don't know the first thing about what it looks like in the Sistine Chapel and the smell that room and, and see the beauty of that. And you have no literal context of experiences of life and there is so much more to everything. And, and, and you can't,
0: you can't, this is what inspires him to go out there and get life.
1: Right. For sure. For sure. And I think this is one of those things that for this speech, it, 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 it book ended but it also came out of nowhere this 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 whole scene it, it it almost you could almost say it didn't even have to be in the movie you could almost get away with not even putting it in the movie but when it came out and it came out in the movie and it, and it put it put it in in just the right spot and it delivered that fucking i mean it's almost 5 minutes long and it's mostly 90 90% on robin williams one take boom killing it and just slaying it and goes from it's essentially don't judge a book by its cover but also live your fucking life and you know experiences more mean more than just watching something or learning something or reading something in a book you know knowledge isn't everything you know you have to go out there and use it and live it in life in well, reality we have
0: with very different number ones because mine
1: is oh don't be cliche don't be into, uh, don't, no don't tell me it's in the. in less
0: than an
2: hour aircraft from here will join others from around the world and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind mankind that word should have new meaning for all of us today We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live we celebrate our Independence
0: Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: oh,
0: I fucking love this speech, dude. I fucking love I it. I know. I, s- I, I love it. I do, too. I, I did
1: too. too. But not I from
0: tyranny or oppression, <laughs> but from annihilation. It's so good. It's so presidential. It's just, it's it's the moment of that movie. It is. It's movie. perfect. It's the moment of that movie. It's ultimately nostalgic, but, like, one of the things that makes it, like, more memorable <laughs> for me is, like, I had a friend, Rob, in high school who ran for class president, and it came time to, like, give speeches, and while everyone was just like, and I'm gonna work hard, you know, that your student council will work for you, and they're all doing, like, this stupid, like, bullshit spiel about, like, and he just gets up, and he verbatim does, <laughs> President Whitmore's speech from Independence Day. And he won! <laughs> and he won. <laughs> because he just he just did the He just went up there and he did that. So it's like ultimately really more memorable because of that. But Really I mean what it comes down to is like it's a nostalgic movie that I absolutely loved back in the day and this was like that moment in the movie where like it all comes together and everybody's ready to fight for survival and stuff sure it's it is fucking cliched but so many of of movie speeches wind up being cliched right they're they're they're, they're you know they're cliched sports or you know cliched inspirational speeches from someone about to go into battle and stuff like that but I felt like here it was just it was earned in this movie and it actually is the moment that gives you something to root for with president whitmore you know it's something that
1: um
0: yeah it it was a character i i couldn't give a fucking less about it elevated the movie
1: movie too
0: it does it does and it's a great moment from bill Palman. so i mean i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie it's here because of nostalgia it made his career yeah 100% here because of nostalgia that's i'm not gonna lie about that i'm not saying it's the best speech ever
1: i can't knock you on that because i i I love the speech yeah it's so
0: good i mean there's times where like i watch this movie and i don't pay attention to one ounce of what's going on in it i'm doing three other things at once multitasking but when this moment starts i stop doing everything else and i just watch it so i just love it just love it it's just uh yeah it's not like i said it's not the best speech ever but it's the most nostalgic. So that's it, man. That's what we got for our number one for, yeah. for, for, for our movie speeches. It was fun. You, reach out to us on social media. Or what, what are your most memorable movie, you know, movie speeches, whether they're inspirational, whether they're funny, it doesn't matter. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Super
1: uh, You can reach me on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and on Twitter, J underscore SMB. And of
0: course... You can also check out additional content from Super Movie Bros. If you want to join our Patreon, you can head over to Patreon.com slash Supermovie Bros Podcast. There you can find some other top five lists, some exclusive movie cocktails, as well as bad date stories from, from Jay, which you can find them over there on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash supermovie bros podcast. And of course, if this is the second, third, fourth maybe even your first episode of Super Movie Brothers that you're listening to and you're enjoying it, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast listening app of your choice. If you're on iTunes, just give us a five-star review if you're liking it. Write us a quick message and we'll make sure that we read it on the show. And of course, coming up, there is a very special event that I will be taking part in. I will be joining Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys. I will be on Thursday, May 28th, starting at 9 p.m., doing an exclusive movie cocktail just for them over there. Uh, and I will also be doing our Weds game that we did, same game we did with uh, Countdown Pod, Paul and Wayne. I'll be doing that there with them at 9 and 10 p.m. over there on May 28th. It's for charity, live stream for The Cure. So make sure that you tune into the live stream. Follow Epic yeah. Film Guys. On Twitter, on on Instagram, and you will be able to join the live stream, watch me do that, and if you if you have the funds, donate for a good cause for Cancer Research of America, and uh, I'll be there doing that. You guys can get more SMB right there. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.